Hi, thank you for tuning into this short story episode of the Digital Nomad Stories podcast. Over the past months, I've interviewed a lot of digital nomads and I've learned so much from all of them. I wanted to highlight some of the key insights I got from all the interviews released so far. So I decided to release a 10 to 15 minute short story episode every Thursday, in addition to the full interviews that go live every Monday. In this short story episode, I talk to Daphne Laforet. She is the founder of Modern Leaders, her consultancy in which she helps companies to strategically implement remote work. She is also the host of the Remote First podcast, and she was based in South Africa at the time of recording this interview. This is my favorite part of the interview I did with her. I joined a company called Human Made uh, in August 2015, and then this company, when I joined, was just like a little family of 20 people globally. We were like all coming from over the world. And then it grew up to like 80 people when I, when I left the company. And this, the, this remote company was really, everything was done from scratch. You know, there was no such thing as I think that we know today. All the tools are existing now. The, the global employment platform that we have, like all the different things that now are existing that are making remote work so easier for remote companies. Nothing that existed. So as a product manager there, I was involved in building all the different products that we needed internally. So we were always building stuff internally, building it how we work, building our asynchronous platform. We were always improving our internal tools inside the company. So that was like super interesting also because as a product manager, you had the, the, the product you work on, but also all the, the internal stuff. There was community product. I was involved in the digital nomad community a lot. Uh, for us, it was a way to to hire people also or to be just like more seen in the nomad community because we were hiring remote workers. So it was kind of a, the idea, but now it's completely different. At that time, it was a very, uh, it was a lifestyle company pretty much at that time. And then now it's very different now after that it became a bit more mainstream. So did you travel full time from that moment yes. on when you worked for the remote company? This is really what gave me the most flexibility for travel because I had consistent salary, which I think I think is very good for people say that, you know, digital nomad is for freelancers. No, I think it's so hard to be a digital nomad freelancer because you never know I when learned that. Yeah. You never know when money's gonna come in. I definitely learned that. I also thought, okay, like freedom, right? The lifestyle is all about freedom. But freedom is all fun, but if you don't have money, then you're actually not that free to do what you want because no. then you have to make sure that you can also buy food the next day. And so I definitely see the value of a stable income and starting from scratch as a freelancer or as a business owner, it's not easy to reach that point mm -hmm. that your income is stable enough that you know exactly what's coming in every month yeah. or at least like the basis. So I have definitely learned that. I think I would actually call this my main lesson that I learned in the past three years of nomading. What would you say is like the main lesson that you learned in that initial stage before you started your consulting business? You couldn't visit that much. Like in the end, there is a lot of people that think at that time when you were traveling and working, think that you're always in vacation, you're always on, on leisure or anything. And then, oh, you must be working you know, with this, such a wonderful view all the time or like uh, on the beach or anything, which is completely, completely the opposite. So what would happen is that I would just stay in my little 
Airbnb and work all day on my laptop and then, you know, go see some things in the afternoon. And um, for dinner, for example, I would go to the restaurant and discover the city a bit that way or go sightseeing on the weekend. Well, what happened is I remember my sister went to meet me in Croatia once and I was with my partner at that time. She came and stayed with us and they were like, oh, nice, I will go visit Croatia. I was like, yeah, well, we're working at the same time, you know, so. Uh, she's like, yeah, it's okay, no worries. But then she saw that <laughs> all day long, we're just like hiding our Airbnb, like working on our laptop. And she's just like, uh, like, you know, what will I do? You know, because she realized that actually our existence is still working pretty much the whole day. But in the evening and the weekend, we get to do amazing stuff. Like we rented a boat in the weekend and went on a, sa a sailing trip or we go to a nice little restaurant, like a new place that you never would have gone to. Uh, when we were in Japan, my partner and I, we loved to, in the evening, we would go get ramen and like get mostly, it was always about food, which for me really works. Like I discover places through food. But I think that's a, a, a mindset that many people were not taking seriously, the people traveling while working remotely because it just looks like you're just never doing anything. And it's also reason I, I stopped using the word digital nomad or kind of like separated a bit from the concept at some point because I was feeling like I was not taken seriously. So in the past three years, maybe I was really slowing down. Also, I had kids at the same time, uh, but just before having kids, I was like, I want to get out a bit from the digital nomad um, group or, or be associated to that because it's actually not taken seriously. But then now that we are all remote workers and people are discovering remote work, it's actually quite exciting to come back to being a digital nomad or, or using remote work as an opportunity for you to move your work with you and go discover new places. Like right now, we were in Germany and now we're in South Africa for three months. and. I'm kind of excited to bring back that excitement of like, hey, you've been working for two years from home. Isn't there a next step that you could be taking now? Like I had that in the past 10 years ago. You've been working for two years as a freelancer, something and you can move anywhere. Like how come you're not doing this all the time? I chose from there, like, this is my next step. I need to move this forward. Maybe something else for someone else might be like relocating somewhere else that they prefer. I think that now I'm kind of like comfortable to go back to the topic of digital nomad or something like that, but maybe it's, it's more, maybe it will be another term. It's just that at some point it was becoming a bit not too serious. I don't know how you feel about this. I, I, like, do you feel like is this is how people are, are, are seeing the term? I see where you're coming from, definitely. And I also think that it totally makes sense that you have phases in your life. Like at first, when you become a digital nomad, it's all new and exciting and travel and watching sunsets. But I also experienced that. Yeah, it sounds really bad. I, I always feel bad when I say this. But once you've seen 10 waterfalls, the 11th one is not that special anymore. So then I think there's also definitely a place of taking a step back and maybe getting a home base, which also has pros and cons, of course, but also a lot of benefits of just having your own place. And then after a while, also going out again and maybe oh, yeah. keeping the home base or whatever. But I think it's always evolving the concept as a whole of, of digital nomadism, but also like for us digital nomads, it's not one digital nomad live and then like you reach the goal and then that's it. I feel like there's always a new phase in yeah. 
what fits your life. Like, for example, now you have small children. So, I mean, you probably don't go backpacking and change locations every no. two weeks <laughs> or <one> week. <laughs> right? But also, like, in, in my case, I also took a step back. And, like, in COVID times, we barely traveled. Like, I still use the term digital nomads because it's kind of a brand, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, like, we, we barely traveled. And I think it has been really good for my business because mm-hmm. it gave me the opportunity to build it up to that stable income that you were just talking about and staying in one place and really focusing on that. So then our plan is to travel again for at least six months from October on. And that runway up to October gives me the chance to get all my stuff in order so that I can, like you said, enjoy it more and I don't have to be the broke freelancer anymore like I yeah. kind of was last time. Yeah, it's, it's funny, it's kind of looping back to earlier when I was younger, I was like thinking, oh, well, it's not good to just be like working, working, working and then travel and working, working, working and then travel. But in the end, it's actually much easier when I think it back like, I am doing that right now. So we didn't travel. And then once now we are doing both working and traveling, but we don't have to work as hard while we're traveling. So we can enjoy a little bit more of the time we have here. And we also have a lot of like help, of course, like we have a lot of support now as a family. So it's much easier. We created a a world or like a, a lifestyle that is much more comfortable. So when we travel we are much more comfortable than what I used to be doing when I was just on my own, you know. How do you feel about having the home base? I also did went through that kind of phase of, okay, we need a base that we can come back to and mm-hmm. feel like we have a home. It feels better in inside of our hearts or something to know that there's a way you can come back and kind of refresh. Because it can be quite overwhelming yeah. to, to travel. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely see the value of a home base. I think it's also because we chose the home base to be Hamburg, Germany for now. And that is close to, like, very close to my partner's family, uh, relatively close to my own family in the Netherlands. Um, So one reason why it's good to have a home base there is also because Airbnbs are just super expensive in that part of the world. Like, if my family would live on Bali, then it would be way easier to just arrive get a villa for two months or for one month and then leave again. But in Hamburg and also in the Netherlands, not that easy. Like it's quite costly to get a place for one month and it's not as easy if you want an affordable place. So I think that makes it more attractive to get a home base. I was also a little bit tired of having to move all the time. Like it looks all fun and games with beaches and ocean and sunshine all year round. But there's also like the pressure of visas, like, oh, I need to mm-hmm. move or I need to go to the, to the immigration office again and like all that bureaucracy. I don't know if I would have a home base like forever, but for now, it just feels really good to also have a place where we can go back to and really focus on work. So our plan or intention is actually to have maybe six months out of the year to really focus on work. And for me, that means growing my business creating digital products, finding new clients, all that stuff, growing my team. And then the other six months, I want to be able to sit back a little bit more, having all my things in order and focusing on travel. And I will still work. I will definitely still do work. But my focus is more on just travel, relaxing, doing cool things, taking some vacation, stuff like that. 
Um, so that is a switch that we're trying to make and it's, it's all a process, you know, but, um, yeah. What about you? How do you feel about it? I mean, for me, it's usually when I stay too long somewhere, I start having itchy feet. Actually, before we found a base in, in Berlin, um, I know I had a baby that was almost one year old. I actually went through a bit of a depression just like right before because I was, we traveled with the baby for six months all over. It was very intense. And actually, I didn't work that much at that time. I was pretty much playing around and studying a bit, but I was really on maternity leave with my first child. We needed me to be the one not working because it was so much to organize. We had so much to get done. We sure we were moving. It actually was a whole like, it was a personal PA, the PA of our family, you know, to be yeah. able to get do all this done. It was a lot yeah. of uh, stress also with a child that's learning to, f to feed and everything. And it was like, I just ended up like, I need, I need a place to like rest. I need to, to stop. Like I was really, really overwhelmed. So I went through a, a, quite a phase that was quite dark when he was, my son was one year old, which was about two years, two years and a half ago. We were just realizing that we need, it's really fun. We experience what it is to travel as a family and do it all, you know, as we always dreamed it, but it's hard. We need mm -hmm. to organize it uh, properly and find purpose. Also, I, I had at that time needed to find purpose as well because I stopped working for some time, but finding a base kind of helps slowly, you know, getting into creating habits and everything and have a home, create your home. It did take a long time to create our base in Germany. It was a long, it was a long process. And Germany is quite a hard country to move into. <laughs> there's a lot of administration stuff to do. You know, now when you have children, there's a lot of uh, extra layers of, of that. So it was quite stressful to to settle, settle in a base. But now that we have a base, uh, we were ready actually to travel again. And then COVID hit. So we kind of like got stuck in Germany. But at the same time, it was good to just settle somewhere and discover a place for for a long period of time and kind of like sink in the system a bit and understand like a, a new, a new culture that you're, you're moving into. So it was a really cool experience. And after two years, then, you know, we were like, okay, this year we, we will miss it. So we almost canceled South Africa because we had everything booked was a lot of work again. we have two kids, uh, we had to organize childcare. We had a home, we had a car, we had everything organized for our trips to South Africa. And then the variant came in and we're like, all the flights went, might be canceled. We were like, are we going there? Like, is this like going to be like insane? We're both vaccinated and everything. We did all the, the things that we were like, look, the variant is going to go everywhere in the world. It's going to be like probably mayhem yeah. everywhere. Why not be in isolation in the heat instead? So like if something was to happen and we have to be in quarantine, we're going to be in a freaking nice house with a pool in the summer. And in the end, like, we decided to go anyway. And then two weeks later, we get notification from the daycare in Germany that the daycare is closed. There's too many COVID cases in the daycare and you cannot go anymore. Yeah. So we would have been stuck yeah. with like parenting at home, working from home with kids at home again in the same difficult way. Many parents understood in the, during the pandemic, we would have done this again. Uh, if we would have stayed there. In so winter. We, yeah. We're very yeah. happy about our decision there right now. I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy with our decision. It's really nice now to be here. And my son is going to the most amazing school. It's called Green School, which is initially a school from Bali. The Green School is a concept first, like in Bali, it's very iffy. They won award for architecture with the whole school is like built out of bamboo in Bali. And it's a whole like kind of a holistic alternative school where kids are really 
close to nature. They're really close to like much more like practical things. And it's, uh, you know, like it's kind of cool. Like kids are running around barefoot, you know, it's just that kind of vibe. Okay. So it's, it's very, it's just very, very chill. They started franchising or some people are starting wanting to create these schools in other countries. There's one in New Zealand, one in Tulum in Mexico, and then one in South Africa. And we live actually right next to it here. And um, this is just amazing because this is really the future. These schools now are, there's like four around the world. Like for me, my dream would be they can move around the school and we can like travel and follow the same curriculum. This is like the future of, is it possible to continue doing a bit of the nomading? It doesn't have to be all the time, full time, every two weeks, but slowly changing location and discovering new things and still having our kids being educated and having a good time as well. I don't want necessarily them to be so much in a shock all the time of changing location, but um, it's, it's been really lovely to see my son like enjoy his day at school. Like, like I've never seen him in the daycare feel so excited like this. Like, and that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it very, very much. I would appreciate it even more if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts for me. That way, more people can find this podcast, more people can hear the inspiring stories that we're sharing, and the more people we can impact for the better. So thank you so much if you are going to leave a review. I really appreciate you. And I will see you in the next episode.